This is Krang, the one true ruler of Dimension X, and you're nothing. Hey guys, Raphael here, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you say podcast? Dudes, do that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to the children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're... Cowabunga! Yes! <laughs> Cowabunga, dude! <laughs> uh, if you're new to this show, welcome! On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about something very special. Uh, part of the reason we're going to do this here is because this is actually going to be our one-year anniversary show. Uh, we've made it a year. I don't know how I've managed to do this for a year, but I have, and I enjoy this. I'm going to keep doing it, so don't think we're stopping anytime soon. Uh, Mike, I know you're all set for this. What are we covering? Although, <laughs> as if the cowabunga didn't give it away. 
Uh, yeah. Um, tonight we dine on turtle soup. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to be covering, this will be part one of a four-part arc. Now, I don't know how Doug wants to do this. Um, I suggested to him we cover this franchise in four different episodes because it's four different incarnations of this franchise. So instead of lumping it in, in, into all one giant four, five, seven-hour podcast. <laughs> we're going to break it up. Now, I, I don't know if we're going to do the same, you know, the next part of it next week or the next part of it the week after, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we are here because this is the 30th, uh, 2014 is the 30th anniversary of the Teenage, I was almost going to say Transformers, oh. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mirage comic books. So, uh, but tonight we are going to be talking about the 1987 cartoon series Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because that's what we kind of grew up on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love that show. You know, <laughs> I remember as a kid, I would go, this was like the big thing in junior high and high school for us because we would sit there. We were so fascinated as kids. We, we would actually find ways to get a VCR and pause it so that we could put a piece of paper up and trace over Donatello's head on screen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely insane for the number of kids that fell for this show. I, I absolutely. Well, see, here's the thing: the Mirage comics. I've never read them. <gasps> uh, I know, I know, it's sacrilege. I've never read them. It's not that I don't want to read them. It's not that I have any disdain for them. I just, I didn't grow up with them. I, oh, my wow. first, my first experience with Turtles was the '87 cartoon series, and then the '90 film, and whatever else. So, I still have yet to read them because I'm currently making my way through the IDW current continuity with the Turtles. Oh, wow. Um, so, the Mirage comics, they were very dark. Oh, very <laughs> so. Very, very, very dark. And that couldn't really translate to, to television um, very well. So, they kind of made the turtles a little bit more kid friendly but there was still some badass villains in the in, in the oh, turtles yeah. cartoon series and you know we'll, we'll we'll get to talking about the voice acting and everything else uh, a little bit later but um no my my first exposure was the turtles and the funny the funniest thing about this is i could have sworn that happy meals and the burger mcdonald's happy meals and the burger king kids club ads I could have sworn they were fighting with each other because I specifically remember you could get some sort of turtle toy in a Happy Meal or you could go to Burger King and get the Kids Club meal and get a video cassette of some of the – no, I'm not kidding. Like, oh, yeah. I think, the, I, think the, I think the McDonald's – I could be wrong about the Happy Meal toys. I really could be. I don't know. I don't remember that far back. But I think the Turtles Happy Meal stuff happened in 87 – and then the kids club stuff with the video cassettes happened in 88 or 89. It was after, you know, the show had been out for the while. Um, but I, I remember there were five video cassettes that you could choose from to get with your kids club meal. Um, the only reason why, I, or no, I, there were four. There were four. Duh. Cause four turtles. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, but, um, that, you know, watching the, that first five parter, uh, those first five episodes, oh my god! Absolutely, 
the music in the show, the voice acting, the characters, how different they all were. Um, I would come to know this later, and we joke about this now, but the fact that um, no one knew that the Shredder would eventually turn into Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, the funniest thing is, I've interviewed two of the cast members from this show. I've interviewed Rob Paulson twice, and we interviewed Pat Fraley, who was crying once. Um, and I, you know, may he rest in peace, but that, oh, God. It's so funny, and, and, I, and I, I don't mean to sound morbid when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, but Every time I see or hear about a certain celebrity or voice actor or someone in Hollywood passing away, it's like, oh, dang it, I wish I could interview them. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you, I have had, I, I was lucky enough to meet Uncle Phil once. I was working at Sports Authority in San Diego in Mission Valley. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there and I'm talking with a friend of mine and all of a sudden he walks up and he's trying to figure out how to get onto the 5 freeway. Oh, wow. And he starts asking directions, and I look at him, and he knew that I recognized him because, like, I'm looking at him, I'm starting to smile. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the friend of mine who I was talking to, she's like, oh, my God, that's... I'm like, let it go, just let it go. And he's, I gave him directions, he was really nice. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. He left the store and went off, and I was like, holy crap, I just met Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, James James was James Avery was he was a nice nice guy. Yeah, I mean, he was amazing. You know, just oh my god, and the fact that he was a villain that he played Shredder. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there is there are some voice actors that you see them in like regular roles like Uncle Phil or, you know, um, you know, stuff like that and you don't think you see them as that character and you 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 see them and it's not necessarily themselves, but like the Shredder voice had it was definitely deeper than his normal speaking voice. Oh yeah, you know. So so you see them in the live action roles, and then you hear what they can do for a villain. Oh and yeah, it's like oh my, like honestly. And I again, I don't mean to sound um, off putting. But honestly, as a kid, I really thought Shredder was a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the voice, I yes. really did. Um, because, again, that goes to, to, to um, James's um, anonymity as a voice actor. You, a, lot of these, a lot of these voices back then and, and nowadays, you don't know who these people are. I mean, sure, nowadays we have stuff like BehindTheVoiceActors.com where they catalog all kinds of, you know, voice roles for actors and everything oh, yeah. else. And, and you have voice actors that are on social media, and they're they're more well-known now, but back then, no one knew to look for these people. The, the voice acting is a job of anonymity, you know? Oh, yeah, and they've and, mentioned and, and, that, too. They've They've come out and said that they love it because they're able to go to, you know, they're able to go to the restaurants in Hollywood. Nobody knows who they are. It's great. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, Turtles, the original series, I never watched all of it. I, I never, I never, I, I so wish, I so wish I could have gotten that, that complete series Turtle Van set. And that's, that's, oh. that's one thing. That's one thing. The, the, the complete series 
Turtle Van set. In the show, it was called the Turtle Van. I don't care as much as I love Playmates as a toy company. I don't care that they name the damn thing the Party Wagon later. It will always be called the Turtle Van to me. Yes, and it was not the Battle Shell, as they called it in the 2003 series. Well, okay, but yeah, but that's, you know, we'll get to that here in a little bit, but that the 2003 series was a completely different, different thing altogether, True. so... I didn't really mind them changing certain things as long as the as long as Splinter and the four turtles their character the the, the individual characteristics like Mark Marky Marky Mark is a turtle oh my god um, as long as Mikey was the party dude Donnie was the intellectual Leo was the leader and Raph was the hothead I don't care you know as yeah. long as those four personality traits for them are there. I, you know, I, I'm open to almost anything. Yeah. Um, but the 87 series, the animation was amazing for the time. The stories were great. Um, it, it, I just have such fond memories watching that cartoon. Oh, it just, I remember sitting there and watching it when I was a kid. And the, when I first saw it and saw that first, you know, the five-parter with the foot coming in and seeing everything, it was like, okay. It was great. I, I remember seeing that. And the one big thing that still sticks with me to this day is when you first hear them battling the foot and they realize that they're robots. And of course, Raphael, you know, Rob Paulson coming out and saying as Raphael, Clang, did you just say Clang? That yeah. stuck in my I, head and I still laugh at that today. I, I love that line. Rob as... Now that I know Rob and what he's capable of, you know, since then, um, simply amazing. And he, him, Cam Clark, Townsend Coleman, and Barry Gordon, they are the animated turtles. Now, like I said, the 2003 show and the 2012 show are different animals. We're going to each get to those in this episode at some point, but... Ra um, Rob as Raph was absolutely amazing. Clang? Did you say Clang? Yeah. <laughs> Dude's nuts. They're robots. Robots? Let's rock! It's <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, and it's stuff like, um, April, you wouldn't last five minutes in a Ninja Pizza Parlor. And then subtly to the side and with a little comical music, he Donnie says... I've always wanted to say lines like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, the comedy, the David Wise was the head, one of the, if not the head writer of this show. And he, he wrote this, the first few seasons as a complete comedy. And I know diehards of the Mirage comics are like, Oh, it's not dark. It's not brooding. It's not this. It, Turtles for me, when I was a kid, they weren't meant to be dark and brooding. And I, I, I understand what Eastman and Laird, you know, originally, you know, came up with. That's all well, fine and good, but it just. Oh yeah, well, this whole thing is a complete change from what Eastman and Laird had originally done. I mean, as you were saying that they were dark, they originally had made this out to be in their minds that they were kind of goofing around and. I want to say it was either, uh, oh God, who was it? One of them started drawing it because they were, they were, they said they were sitting around getting drunk and one of them started drawing something that was really slow and they started drawing like pictures of snails and stuff. And one of them drew a turtle, which was, you know, we all know it's slow. We've all seen the joke of, you know, the tortoise and the hare running along 
and he started drawing this thing as a ninja, and, he, and he's like, this is so comical, it just, you know, complete mashup, it doesn't really work, and yet that's how the, tor- how the turtles were born, was from this idea of taking something so slow and combining it with something that's incredibly fast and stealthy into what we see now as being the, t- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. I was fascinated by seeing that. Clang? Did you say clang? You wouldn't last five minutes in a ninja pizza parlor. I love saying lines like that. Trying to find the VHS commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, No, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, they they craft. You know, you've got you've got the four turtles. You've got Splinter. You've got Shredder and his foot ninja. And you've got Krang on that end. And then eventually you would have Bebop and Rocksteady. You've got April, Vern, um, uh, Vern Thompson, uh, Irma, and I forget the forget the other guy's name. Oh God! Yeah, it's gonna bug me too because I've I have it here. I want to. I still want to say Vern Troyer, but I know that's not <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, no, Vern Troyer is a little guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh jeez, Krang. Baxter Stockman, the Rat King. Oh my god, did I not? I didn't include him. This stinks. Now I'm going to have to go look it up. <laughs> um, but, you know, the the genesis of this show was, was just amazing. Because at the time, Transformers was ending. There was a big transition at this time between 86 and 87. Oh yeah, eighty-seven Transformers was ending. Uh, I don't know if GI Joe was still running. I know Mask wasn't still running. I know Thundercats might just be running in syndication and reruns. Um, I know Voltron still was only probably in reruns. Yeah, just so it it was such a transitional period where you needed something new. And this was the something new that we needed. Oh, yeah. And it just blew up. Nobody expected it to take off the way that it did. They thought, oh, it's going to be a simple, small thing. We're going to have this five-part series, and then that'll be it. And then, you know, Murakami Wolf Studios was like, hey, we caught lightning in a bottle. Um, This is blowing up and becoming even bigger than we expected. Vernon Fenwick was the other guy. Yes. The the yeah. Now that I yeah, now that I see. Um but yeah, I mean it it was just it was blowing up. I mean the the comics are coming back. Um the uh it it was just all so amazing. Uh you know, the the cartoon was going strong. The, the toy line, oh my god, the toy line to go along with this cartoon was explosive. Oh, and I remember Rob Paulson talking about this. He said he bought stock in Playmates right before they went for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't say I blame him. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, this series, I mean, when you look at how long it ran, I mean, it started, technically it started in December of 1987. Ran as that five-part miniseries, and then it didn't come around again until October of 1988, which really kind of shocked me that, hey, it lasted, you know, people were still hot over the Turtles after that almost one-year hiatus. 
Well, see, that's the thing, and that's the thing of that day. You would have, you said it started in December of 87. When did it end? Uh, well, the show began its official run October 1st of 1988. So it was almost a year before we got to see the Turtles again. Oh, yeah. Five-part episode. Oh, oh, yeah, but see, that's the thing. That's That's kind of what they've tried to do now. Where, um, where the, uh, you would have a five part miniseries premiere at like a Christmas time or something. And then, um, you know, you would have to wait a year to get the first season. True. You know, but, um, but I mean that, that just made it even better because in night, oh my God, 1988 with the, with the show going strong and the to- oh my God, the toys, the toys were everywhere, but they were selling out. Oh yeah, it, I remember going and trying to find the God. What was it? I, I want to say it was either Leonardo or Donatello. One of them was like super hard to find. And my nephew was into turtles at that time. I mean, he was a kid, but it was like, oh, turtles, 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 and trying to find them was almost impossible. And we were looking all over for it. Uh, I'm still surprised. This series, when you stop and think about it, it's, you know, again, as you mentioned, 30 years off and on, running from 87 to 96 when it aired its final episode, people fell in love with it. We still had the movies, live-action movies that were coming out. We had the ongoing series that picked up with the, you know, the 2003 series that came back, which... That was different. We had, you know, now we've got the 2012 series, which is the writing on it is absolutely phenomenal compared to what. And I'm not dissing the 87 series at all because it was great for what it was. But the 2012 series that started off, I like it even mm-hmm. better. That's that's saying something because that I really like the turtles in 87. Well, see, here's the thing: the 2012 series. Is kind of like it's it's kind of like a three sixty. It's kind of like returning to roots. Yeah, because there's probably one cast member on there that I just I I think it works. But it, when I first heard the news of him being cast, I was like, really that guy? Um, but well, I'll mention that in a minute. But the 2012 series is done by people who grew up and loved the 87 and to you know to, to some extent the 2003 series as well um and it's telling an amazing and a different story it really really is it's taking what you know and love and turning it into something you can love now oh yeah i mean just and the fact that they've updated it and they've given it different twists while still holding true to what the original series was, mm-hmm. I'm completely fascinated by that. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about the... We'll kind of compare them all together here. We'll start off with the 87 series and kind of touch base on that. Uh, in the 87 series, one of the big things was that you had, you had April O'Neil, who was running around in a News 6... Uh, News 6... TV studio van as videotaping all the stuff and putting the turtles on TV. You had, <laughs> you know, you had the four turtles. You had Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Donatello. They were all 
born out of the the ooze that was poured down into the sewer by Shredder. Mm-hmm. And you had Splinter, who was he started off human and became a rat. You know, he became this giant mutated rat because he'd had contact with the rats. And that was there. You know, I, I was kind of fascinated by that. The fact that he grew up as this tor- you know, as this as this ninja or studying, you know, studying all the ninjutsu and whatnot in Japan and fled because of the disgrace that Shredder put him through. Yeah. You know, and, and that I always found fascinating. You know, he got stuck and he, he goes to pull the knife out so that he could bow in front of his sensei and the sensei is standing there going, I can't believe this. You bring a knife in front of me. You try to use a knife on me. He gone with you. Yeah, exactly. The one thing that I'm still not certain of, and this is the one big part that is confusing as hell to me, is how Shredder met up with Krang. I mean, Krang was just this body. He was this alien brain who is banned he, from Dimension X. Go ahead. Yeah, he got... I'm just going off of memory here, because I have, outside of that five-part episode, I have not seen a lot of the episodes over the years um, since I was a kid. Based on the five-part episode that, that that opened the series, based on what he tells General Trag was his body got destroyed and he got banished to Earth uh, as a as a brain. Um, that's Krang's story. As far as how Shredder and Krang met up. Uh, I'm not really sure. It doesn't really explain it. Um, it. It's probably something to the effect of what Krang says. You know, you're supposed to be building me a new body, and uh, apparently Shredder is the only one that can do this. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um, but it doesn't really explain it, how they met up. Um, but, you know... You know what? It didn't really have to, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was just that was the one thing that I always thought was kind of weird was like they never really explained how he met up with him because I always thought that was weird. Here's this disembodied alien brain who lives in the body of a robot's stomach. <laughs> I always thought that was goofy as all hell. And then, like the robot thing that he was in, the body that he was in, that was a little weird too because. I got the feeling like it was kind of Frankenstein together, so it was actually real. Mm-hmm. But then it was like part robot, so I never could understand how Krang's body was supposed to be moving around or living. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. Um, and in the uh, and I know a lot of the comic fans kind of got pissed that. Um, when they brought Baxter Stockman into the 87 series, he was pretty fly for a white guy instead of a African-American like he was in the comics. Yeah. This doesn't, this, I, I don't care uh, what color Baxter is or what nationality or what race he is. I honestly don't care. As long as he has, as long as I was saying, like, like with the turtles, as long as some of his character traits and the end result of him is turning into a fly, I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. It doesn't really matter. Um, I will say that in the current IDW comics, he is African-American, and I've been reading up on it, and I'm 
in the middle of actually reading it as we not right as we're doing this episode, but as you know, as this is going on at the same time. Um, and there are hints kind of that he might end up becoming the fly in in the comic. Now I do know in the twenty twelve series, if you're watching the most recent episodes, um yeah. <laughs> Stuff happens, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't know. If you haven't watched the most recent episode, have you? No, I, I haven't seen most of season two, partially because I got rid of cable, and so I don't have access uh, to Nickelodeon anymore. I'm trying to catch up on it through Netflix, so it is there, and I'm trying to catch up on it. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, so what What I also love is, is the ingenious thing of this, and, and how... How Donnie basically takes <laughs> Baxter's van or a- April's old van and makes it makes the turtle van out of it and oh yeah uses the um, uses the uh, the um, what is it called uh, the, the 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 remaining equipment in Baxter's lab that he abandoned. Uh, to make the turtle blimp. And now that was one toy that always bugged the hell out of oh. me because uh, the balloon would always pop. Yes. I don't know anybody who had it that was actually, like, had the actual inflated turtle blimp. Uh, I know a couple of people that had it, but not um, not a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's just a shame. I mean, it was, it was a cool toy, and I always wanted it, but at the same time, it was like... Something's going to happen to this thing. <laughs> Something's mm-hmm. going to wreck it, you know, and it's just the way it was. Yeah. You always ended up with that little glider thing that came off and you could fly it around, you know, unattached from the blimp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's uh, that's pretty much all we ended up with, honestly. <laughs> now, there are a couple of characters who I do, I, I can't get away from mentioning on the 87 series because they were fairly major you know they were they were lackeys, but they were fairly majors. Bebop and Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that you know they they started off as being a black guy and a white guy, a blonde white guy, <laughs> and then they turn into a warthog and a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, as they turn into the warthog and the rhino, they look more like you know two black guys standing around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I wasn't bothered by that. It was, it was kind of like, okay, so what? So they were supposed to be, you know, these street rat type things, and here, be, here they become, you know, these two dumb idiots that are supposed to be running around for Splinter, well, not Splinter, Shredder. Excuse me. I, I've got too many S's here to work with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they had that. Uh, one thing that fascinated me with this, with the '87 series, is Casey Jones. You know, we always saw him. He was he was out there. I mean, yeah, he was supposed to be a vigilante. He was supposed to be a sports nut. But at the same time, I kind of got the feeling like he was just a dumb jock because he was on the turtle's side, but half the time he'd go way overboard on everything. Yeah, he kind of would. You know, he'd just take, he'd take things way too seriously and, you know, go way off. So, but that's, you know, that was Casey Jones for you, so... Um, you know, I, I have to say there's other things with this one here that was great. You know, obviously the music for it, the theme song, you cannot get away from this theme song. Everybody knows this theme song. (laughs) (laughs) 
You want to know an interesting factoid about the theme song? Uh, you're going to talk about the guy who became a uh, producer for it. From it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you take that one. Chuck Lorre, the guy who produces and is the showrunner on The Big Bang Theory, Dharma and Greg, Two and a Half Men, a bunch of other stuff, wrote the theme song, and I believe it's his voices as the turtle characters in the sh- in in the intro, because it's not the actual voice actors that are doing the, you know. Radical dude, or the Kawabunga, or the Party Tie—it's not there. It's He's not the voice actor. Rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's Chuck Lorre that did that. Oh God. Yep. Oh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I you know I was fascinated with this here. The fact that they they originally had talked about wanting to you know Eastman and Laird had originally said they wanted this show to be actually kind of dark and it was really the voice actors who came through and were like you know what we want it to be more goofy and they were pushing and there was a lot of ad-libbing and playing off of each other so that i think kind of twisted the series to be what it was and be more comical throughout and Mm -hmm. hey you know lasting 10 seasons i'll say that's pretty damn good for what they did absolutely uh so let's let's kind of jump in here real quick. We'll we'll kind of touch real quick on the um, voice actors for the '87 series. Uh, Mike, I, I apologize to everybody. I know these names. I have to be honest that, with the exception of only one of them, I really don't know what else they've done outside of oh Teenage Ninja Turtles. Uh, I, I you know, and I know as soon as you start saying that I, that as soon as you start saying some of the stuff. I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, you're right. I should know mm-hmm. that. Uh, yes, you should. I know, I know. Uh, Cam Clark played Leonardo. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike, do you know anything about Cam Clark? <laughs> he was uh, Prince Adam and He-Man in the 2002 He-Man series. Really? Okay. Yep. Um, he's done a lot of other stuff as well. Um He's a phenomenal voice actor, but oh, yeah. he seems to, I don't know, it just, it seems like he's not that much in the limelight uh, that much. He was in, uh, most recently, he was in, uh, at least right here, uh, Hotel Transylvania in 2012. Um, he reprised his role as 80s Leonardo in the 2012 series for Turtles. Um, Still have to see that episode. I heard it's excellent. <laughs> Yes, yes, it is. Um, he was a character in NFL Rush Zone, Guardians Unleashed, in 2013. Uh, let me see here. Monster High. Uh, he was... Oh. He was Professor X <laughs> in the 2011 um, X-Men series. Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was... Uh, the uh, he was Omer in uh, in Star Wars: The Clone Wars from 2011. Uh, let's see, Dragon Age Origins: Awakening for video game. He was in Terminator Salvation, uh, the Machinima series. Um, he was in Halo Wars, Back at the Barnyard. Uh, let's see. I mean, he's he's done a lot of stuff over the years. 
Holy crap, he was the narrator for Flip That House? Yep. Who knew? <laughs> yep. Uh, he was uh, in Little Mermaid Return to the Sea as Flounder. Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea as Flounder. Uh, I can see that. <laughs> Actually, I can hear that. <laughs> he was Liquid Snake in Metal Gear Solid in, uh, in Integral. Um, I don't know if he was Liquid Snake. Yeah, he was Liquid Snake in uh, the original Metal Gear Solid game. Wow. So there's that. Uh, he was in the Jumanji TV series uh, in 97. He was Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards in the Spider-Man animated series in 97. Uh, he was um, he was ART uh, on Walker, Texas Ranger in 1997. God. <laughs> <laughs> He was on. He was Pulse on Viper, short-lived series on NBC in '97. Um, he was uh, Die Feldermus on The Tick. Oh, um, the Fleetermouse. Okay, there you go. Yeah, whatever. He was the he was the bat. Okay, there you go. Um, he was on Gargoyles. He's done a lot of stuff. He was on the Mask TV series '95 to '96. He's he's done a lot. He really has. Okay. Uh, the next guy that I have to talk about, I, I just looked at his IMDb page, and I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I should have known this. <laughs> uh, the next guy that we have in line here, coming down, Michelangelo, <laughs> voiced by Townsend Coleman. Yep. Uh, yeah, Townsend Coleman, I, I should have known. I should have realized this. Townsend is the tick. Yep. How did I miss that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, him, him, and Deflator Mouse. You know, obviously, Deflator Mouse playing along with. You know, it's it's not the first time they've been together. Apparently, Cam Clark, nope. Townsend, Coleman, <laughs> and of course, then you also had Rob Paulson coming in later to play as Arthur on the Tick. So you had that tie-in again. Yeah, uh, but we'll we'll get to that when we discuss Rob Paulson here, because he's coming. Oh yeah, uh, he was um, yeah, Townsend was Clint Eastwood on the Animaniacs. <laughs> I can see that now that I, now that you've said that, I didn't realize that. Um, he was middle aged and young Silvermane in Spider Man. Uh, you know, we mentioned the Tick, Turtles, uh, Timon and Pumbaa, he was the Vulture Police. Um, yeah, he was Canard on the Mighty Ducks. Oh. <laughs> he was, um, Enforcer Dispatcher on the SWAT Cats. He was, um, let's see. Oh, God, he was Waldo on the Where's Waldo TV series. Yep. <laughs> yep. He was in Pro Stars as Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> uh, that's one I'm sure he wants to live down. <laughs> um, he was he was in Gem. Uh, uh, yeah, that's probably his biggest thing outside of Turtles in the '80s. Most likely, looking at this, uh, he was Riot. Yeah, Gem. <laughs> uh, he was on the Teen Wolf TV series. Oh. Some things should not have been made cartoons, unfortunately. <laughs> that was one of them. 
His start, according to IMDb, was Corporal Kate Man in Inspector Gadgets. You know, um, I watched Inspector Gadget, and I don't remember that character, unfortunately. I'll have hmm. to go back and look. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've covered Townsend. We've covered Cam Clark. Uh, let me see. Who else do we have here? Oh, in the Turtles, Barry Gordon, Donatello. Oh, yeah. Now, I remember Rob talking about Barry Gordon. Barry, he said they would sit there and they'd go through all the casting and they'd be, they'd be working together and doing voice acting and Barry would be reading books on law. Yep. All said he could, he could study for the bar. I don't know if he actually passed the bar or not, but you know, I will give him props for taking, taking that time while he was doing all the voice acting to learn all about the law. Mm. Now, Barry has a very interesting voice, and he has a very interesting career. Oh, yeah. Because Barry was... <laughs> he was junior on the Snorks. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> He fun. was Junior Wentworth on the Snorks. And uh, let's see here. What else? Um, he was... Um... Cleveland Clamhead Rogers on Jabberjaw. He was, uh, let's see, he was on the Jack Benny program in 19... This just shows you how he played Harry Johnson on the Jack Benny program, 1954 to 61. Just shows you how long the guy's career is. Um, oh my god, I remember this show. He was on the Kid Superpower Hour with Shazam. And he was Captain mm-hmm. Marvel Jr. Yep. That's one that I kind of wish it had like stayed dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's done a lot of live action stuff. Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, L.A. Law, Empty Nest. He was um, Razor uh, uh, on SWAT Cats. Hmm. Um, he was on NYPD Blue, ER, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, most recent live action stuff he did was 2011 in Brothers and Sisters. He played Rabbi um, in an episode called Never Say Never. And he, again, also reprised his role as Donnie in the 2012 series um, in that one scene. Uh, I, but Barry Gordon, his voice is unmistakable to anybody it just is um oh my god rob looks so young in this photo on imdb holy (laughs) crap it's goofy when you see it because he looks nothing like that now (laughs) he looks like that now he's just got a little bit more gray and a little bit less air yeah well it's it's (laughs) definitely not a little bit more gray it's all gray but you know what guy (laughs) still looks good i will give him that Rob Paulson as Raphael, his voice sounds exactly like that. I mean, that's pretty much his normal speaking voice is Raphael. Pretty much, yeah. We will be here all night just going through his filmography. Um, Some highlights, obviously the Turtles. He was uh, Mark Chang in The Fairly Odd Parents. Um, He was Planet Sheen. Uh, He was uh, Carl on Planet Sheen and Jimmy Neutron. Obviously, Wacko or Yakko Warner on Animaniacs and Doctor uh, Doctor Scratch and Sniff, and uh, he was also Pinky. Yes, on Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain. 
Uh, he was on the replacements as Mr. Vanderbosch. He is Mr. Opportunity for Honda. Yep. <laughs> um, he was also on Back to the Barnyard. He was on Sponge, SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, I mean, Rob has since gone on to do such amazing, amazing work. He's currently uh, doing his own show. They've actually it, it's evolved from being a, a podcast to a live live show that people can go to where people can watch online called Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson. Yes. And he brings on such amazing guests and they have such such a really, really great time. Um one of these days it's... if I can get the time off, I'm going to Hollywood to go see the show. I'm gonna take the wife <laughs> and tell her you're gonna sit down and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, um he was the Grand Duke and Jack in Cinderella Three A Twist in Time. Uh, let's see. He was on Leroy and Stitch as Experiment 625, a.k.a. Ruben. I have to mention this one here because if I don't, my wife will never forgive me. Since she <laughs> loves the Tinkerbell movies, I have to mention that Rob he's... Paulson is the voice of Bobble. Yeah, he's, he's Bobble. Plays that Scottish, uh, that little Scottish nearsighted elf. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, Matt Gopher uh, on <laughs> Duck Dodgers. Now, this is funny though. I believe it's him and Jess. I have to I have to look this up. But um, uh, let's see. He I'm trying to see here. He was. Um, there is no questioning the sexuality of Mac Gopher, though. <laughs> well, e- either one of them, honestly. But <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> but that's you know not there's anything wrong with that. Oh no. Um, he did a few additional voices on Phineas and Ferb. He was on the Thundercats for a couple episodes, the, the newer version of it. Um, I gotta see who else, I gotta look at this Looney Tunes show thing because I could have sworn it's either him, I'm trying to see if it's him and Jess, yeah. The Looney Tunes show, the current incarnation of Looney Tunes on, on Cartoon Network, I don't know if they're still running new episodes or not. Rob is Mac, and Jess Harnell is Tosh. <laughs> so you have Yakko and Wacko as the gophers from Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see that. Oh no, you first! <laughs> they they do that. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. They uh, do that. So let's go on. We'll move on here before we start getting really stuck on Rob Paulson. Yeah. Uh, we've got to mention, you know, I've got to mention Renee Jacobs for April O'Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I have no idea what she looks like because there's no picture on IMDb, unfortunately. Um, she actually really didn't have a whole lot of her career other than, you know, being April O'Neil. Uh, she was April. She was, uh, additional voices in Punky Brewster and was on Rose Petal Place. And that's really about it. Um, she's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Her filmography is really short. Wow. Yeah. Um, now it could just be that IMDb hasn't credited her over the years. Um, I am friends with her on Facebook, 
so I do know what she looks like, at least if if the picture on Facebook is to be believed, uh, since she's holding a turtle sign on there. Um, but um, you know, I, I that that's one I'm, I, and I, I don't want to I, I don't want to make this sound like I'm just gonna sit here and say, oh, I need to interview this person. I need to interview that person. I need to contact her for an interview. I really do. Yeah, because that would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, she's, I don't know. Um, all right, so. <laughs> I know. Let's go to Splinter, Peter Renaday, because he's got a little bit of an interesting filmography. Yes. Um, trying to see here when his. See, he, he's, he's one of these guys that started really early. His, um, his first role was credited as Pete Renaday. He was John Jacks on General Hospital in 1963. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was uh, additional voices on Scooby and Scrappy-Doo. He was um, Jailer at the Fort uh, on the Apple Dumpling Gang Rides again in 79. Um, he was Dr. Marsh uh, and Amon Ra on G.I. Joe in 85. Uh, let's see. He was um, the Master Renegade uh, on Challenge of the Gobots. Uh, he was on Defenders of Earth. He was Grapple on the Transformers series in 85. Uh, he was on an episode of Night Court. Jeez. I mean, yeah, he, he's got a bunch of stuff looking here. Yeah. Uh, Detective Logan on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Additional voices yep. on Tailspin. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Splinter on you know the, all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. Uh, Pirates of Darkwater. He was uh, on Pirates of Darkwater. He was on Animaniacs. He was additional voices on Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. He was Walter Stark in the Iron Man '95 '94 series. Um, I mean, he was, um, a voice in the Mulan movie. Um, I mean, the dude has got so much range. He really, really does. Yeah. You know, the fact that he was Bane in the Batman and Robin video game. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll give him that. He was, I don't know how much you've actually watched of Angel. Um, I don't know if you've seen the arc where, um... Where Cordelia gets possessed. No, that one I missed. I mean, I've I oh, okay, well, a few episodes there, there. There's an arc in, I think it's season three, season four, where Cordelia Chase gets possessed. And she has this Beastmaster voice. It's a loud, booming voice. It's him that voices it. Um... Uh, he was in Justice League as the diplomat uh, in Starcrossed. Um, he was in Law and Order, Justice's Serve video game. Uh, I mean, it, the, he's got so much that he's done. Uh, he was on Batman: The Brave and the Bold as Abraham Lincoln and Uncle Sam. He's in Ben Ten. Uh, now this is. I, I hope they do this eventually. I don't know if they will, but if the 87 Splinter shows up in the 2012 series, I hope they get him back. 
Oh god, yes. Uh-huh. It would be odd not having Peter Renaday voice Splinter at some point. Yeah. Uh, should we hit Pat Fraley? Yes, we have to cover Pat Fraley as Krang. I mean, the fact yeah. that the guy would talk backwards in a sense, I mean, he would... You know, for yeah. Krang, I mean, just being able to do that, that's... That blew my mind. Hearing him actually say how he did that, I was... You know... God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, he was in uh, Till Death... Uh, in live action, he was on Superhero Squad show as Beta Ray Bill. He was on um, Happy Feet. He was in Happy Feet Two. He was um, let's see. He was on Witch. He was on uh, The Ant Bully. Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Um, My Life as a Teenage Robot. Nine Dog Christmas. Ozzy and Drix. Oh God, he uh, was in the filmation version of Ghostbusters, not the yeah, not the real version. But the yeah, uh, um, um, he's uh, he's just been so much. It's it's so awesome. Oh yeah, you know I I gotta say I love Pat Fraley for for everything that he's done for us, giving us giving us half the voices that he's given us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, I I will put in a quick plug here just because he did 110 episodes for the show. We've already kind of touched on this. James Avery, mm-hmm. you know, great Uncle Phil. Yeah. Playing his shredder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's done so many different things over the years. Um, he really has. Uh, he was in Prince of Egypt. He was in, um, let's see, uh, Things We Do for Love TV series. He was in, uh, uh, he was in a short called Live With It. He was in the short-lived TV series called Eli Stone. I mean, this is a guy who was a voice actor in the beginning that kind of really transitioned to a live-action actor. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely amazing, though. Back in 2000, he was uh, Preston Cash on an episode of CSI, Crime Scene Investigation. Um, I'm trying to see what his very first... Because his career goes back. The first thing he did was the Blues Brothers, Man Dancing Outside Ray's Shop, uncredited. Oh my god, I remember that. He actually (laughs) had hair at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, I knew Uncle Phil could get down and buggy. <laughs> yep. He was on, uh, he was the Junkyard Dog animated segments for Rock and Wrestling in 85. Oh, oh. <laughs> I remember how bad that was. <laughs> he was um, Turbo on the Rambo TV series in 86. He was uh, Judge Fowler on an episode of Dallas in 88. Uh, he was on. Oh my God! He was he was uh, JoJo on two two seven in eighty eight. Oh my God! Two two seven. Wow, that's an old show. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. He was also on on LA Law. Obviously, Turtles, uh, Legend of Prince Valiant, Aladdin, the animated series. He was Harun Hazi Bin. Uh, 
hope I'm saying that right. You know, obviously, um, uh, Uncle Phil. He was War Machine slash Jim Rhodes on the Spider-Man animated series. Um, he was in Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys as Gorilla. <laughs> oh, man. You know. I, yeah, he's been in so much stuff. The The last things he had done before he passed away... Um, uh, Hunt for the Labyrinth, Lat Labyrinth Killer, uh, Call Me Crazy, uh, a five film, Harry's Law, used in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Um, it says here that he's got something in 2014 where it says, like, well, I wish I was here. Uh, is the story of Aiden Bloom, a struggling actor, father and husband who went 35. So maybe this was like the last thing he filmed before he passed. Could be. I mean, he passed. So. He passed on New Year's Eve of 2013, yeah. so yeah. it's possible. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, it doesn't the 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 actual link for this doesn't actually it shows him in the credits, but it doesn't have it doesn't have a role next to his name or anything. So mm. maybe um, it was a smaller role or something in there. Maybe. Um, but no, I mean it was just absolutely amazing. Um, the 2003 series, uh, it, I don't want to run down the voice cast cause uh, we, we've pretty much turned this into the 87 show. Um, the 2003 series is good for the first few seasons. Once they do the fast forward, it kind of gets a little wonky. Uh, I like the voice acting. I like the difference in the, in, in the voice acting cause it was a new generation. We needed something new and different, and it was it that brought back for me, you know. And granted, I was you know, yeah, twenty three at the time, but it kind of brought back memories of Saturday morning cartoons because it was on Saturdays on Fox at the time. And um, the theme song is pretty catching. Some people don't like it, but I like it, and it's something to go back and, and really give a good try to. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, they they tried to hold it together. They tried to put stuff together from what I saw. I got to be honest, I only saw about two or three episodes of it, and I was like, uh. and I think that some of the episodes I saw because they were dealing. The thing that tripped me up with this one is that they had a lot more magic and mysticism that was going on rather than like the tech and the actual mutation of the turtles. That was that to me was kind of what threw me off the series, and I was kind of like, uh, no. <laughs> You know, to me, they shouldn't have been doing magic and whatnot. It should have been just straight up, let's kick ass Ninja Turtle style. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I will touch on this real quick here with the cast. Pretty much everybody in the cast here, they've done a lot of stuff, but it's been that most of what they've done has been anime type stuff. Dragon Ball GT. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Bleach. Um, you know, I mean, you you name it when when it comes One Piece, that type of stuff. They've done a lot more there. I'm not putting them down because obviously those guys do work really hard. Yeah, but I re- I remember when I first saw the title for Bleach, I'm like, why would they name a show Black? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, um, the 2012 series so far is telling a really interesting story. The voice cast for that, what I was saying earlier was. There was one guy when I heard the cast announcement that I just wasn't sure, and that was Leo. 
And I'm like, really? They got the guy who fucked a pie to voice Leonardo. Really? They yes. got Jason Biggs. But it works. It works very well. Um, well, the one that the, that one kind of threw me, but the other one that kind of that kind of made me go, really, was Sean Astin. You know, they got Mike. Raph. They got Mikey to play Raph. They got Mi- Mikey Sean from was the never. Oh, Mikey from the. Okay, I was... you know, they they got Mikey. They got you know, you know, um, not Frodo Baggins, Samwise Gamgee. Yes. You know, you got a hobbit to play a, tor- a, a turtle. Yeah, you, 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 usually people go for the Rudy reference. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, uh, and then you've got what I think is the best casting ever. Now, when I interviewed Rob about this, he said that they asked him back to do this role because they knew he was Raph in the first series, they have Rob Paulson as Donatello. Now, I don't care what anyone says. I will actually send Doug clips of 87 Raph and 2012 Donnie to put in the episode, because people say, oh, it's just him doing Raph. No, 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 no. It's not Rob doing Raphael. Yes, it's Rob's voice as Donnie, but Donnie's emotions and and his oh. mannerisms are so much it's not the same sounding voice as they're two very different characters first of all 87 Raphael is way more sarcastic oh donnie yes. <laughs> donnie isn't as blunt as 87 raf and i will fight anyone on the internet in a battle of words saying that oh it's just the same voice reused it's not it it sounds the same. That's about it. Because this is where you can tell a good actor. He really put forth to change it and be something different. To to really show that he can be a different character. And for uh-huh. that, my God, Rob, you're awesome. You are incredible for this. <laughs> uh, one of the other guys that kind of floored me for this... You know, I mean, we I know we had Jason Biggs. We had Sean Astin... Greg Sipes, when I heard that he was going to be Mikey, I was kind of like, oh, I, I uh, Beast Boy playing, yeah. you know, and I was kind of this really hesitant to see that. And then I watched the first episode. I'm like, Mikey's kind of dorky. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was kind of the, that was kind of the vibe I got for the first episode. And as it, as it started progressing, I'm like, he really actually kind of fits and there's nobody better that they could have for Mikey for this role. I mean, yeah, they could have gotten, you know, they could have gotten some of the originals to come back and, and do Mikey, but it was Well, see, insane. see, that's, that's the thing. And I hate to cut you off here, but that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to continue to do this, but with that episode entitled Wormquake, which was originally titled the Manhattan project at the end of that episode, you see the 87 turtles, you see the 87 animation and because, here's the thing, we didn't really touch on Turtles Forever. I, I, I don't know if we will or not. We might end up doing a commentary on it. I'm not sure at some point. I don't know. But here's the thing. Turtles Forever, that was a non-union project. So they couldn't get 
the 87 voice cast back to voice the 87 turtles and turtles forever. That's really the only downside I have against that movie is that the 87 turtles in that movie all sound like Mikey. They all have that, that party characteristic. Um, but the 2012 series, because it is union, they were able to get cam and, and Townsend and, and Barry back and you hear, and obviously Rob, I what I really want out of the 2012 series is I want to see the 2012 Turtles meet the 87 Turtles because I want to see Raph and Donnie having a, <laughs> I, I, I want to see 87 Raph and 2012 Donnie have a conversation on screen because it's going to blow everybody's mind how different the voices actually are. Oh, and I, and I could just see, I, I could just see Sierra Nielli putting in something there of, dude, you sound so much like me. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I could just see that being put in. <laughs> um, no, uh, what, what the 2012 series is doing, it's, it's, it's doing it so well. It's telling a fantastic story. Story that you never thought you'd ever see on screen. Like this, this story, this TMNT story is so much different from anything we've ever had. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's talk about that for a second because in in the original '87 series, you had April, who was she was quite obviously an adult. I mean, yes. Look yeah. at how she was proportioned. Hot damn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you have her as an adult being, you know, videotaping and being a news reporter in the mm-hmm. 2012 series. April is, you know, she's a kid. She's, I'm looking at her going, what, she's 11, 12 years old, maybe, you know, maybe 13. Uh, but, I mean, you get this, you get this vibe from her, and Splinter is wanting to train her to be a female ninja. Right. I, I'm pretty impressed already. <laughs> yep. Oh, a- absolutely. It, it's so, so good. You know, that, and, and then some of the other twists, like, uh, well, Kevin Michael Richardson voicing Shredder in this one, I was, <laughs> I was, when I first heard that, I'm like, oh, I don't know, and then I heard his, no, I, it works, yeah, when I heard his voice as Shredder, I'm like, oh my god, they got the right guy, <laughs> See, here's the thing about KMR, he is so adaptable, his voice I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy plays Cleveland Jr. Yeah. If he can play Cleveland Jr., he can play Shredder. I mean, well, it, it is such its such a difference. Now, here's the thing about KMR. I've noticed with him, he has done, over the last 15 to 20 years, a lot of action roles. He was Bishop in X-Men Evolution. He was uh, Panthro on the Thundercats in 2011. He was Bulkhead on Transformers Prime. He was Roadblock on G.I. Joe Renegades. And now he is Shredder on Turtles 2012. And it fits so well. I know. It, it, it blows my mind to realize that there's a guy who says, Daddy, will you whap me? And he goes from <laughs> that to being, you know, this badass guy, Shredder. Absolutely. It, oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, him... Uh, and I, I have to make mention real quick for April because my wife is looking at me going, why aren't you saying this and mentioning this? <laughs> Tinkerbell. The voice of Tinkerbell 
is also the voice of April O'Neil, May Whitman. May Whitman, yeah. <laughs> so she's there. There, hon, I got it out. Tinkerbell has been recognized. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm really starting to get into this series. I am trying to watch it diligently as much as I can because, again, I don't have cable TV anymore, so... <laughs> I am catching up. I am late. I apologize, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just can't justify spending 140 bucks a month for cable TV. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, this, again, this is why this cartoon is so, so popular. And, and I love it. Just everything about it, the little touches that they put on there. Uh, you know, they have a spot where they're coming out, and I, I remember seeing them coming out of the sewers, and, and they come out onto Eastman and Laird Street. And I love that. Just seeing them coming out at the corners of those streets, and I'm kind of like, oh, there's a nice nod. <laughs> uh, let me see. What what did I have for trivia? Because I want to throw in a little bit of trivia that I've got here. Although right. I've done a lot of that already. Um, what do I have? Let me see. <laughs> um, oh, the there was a joke about the foot, the you know the group of ninjas that everybody fights there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that basically was a tongue-in-cheek reference to uh, the guys that Wolverine used to fight. Uh, <laughs> Wolverine was actually fighting a group of ninjas called the Hand. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things is that for this series, for the 87 series, at the time of its final episode, it was the longest running cartoon in American TV history. Until the Simpsons came along and blew it out of the water. Yeah, and probably going to be the longest running cartoon ever. But... Yeah, not a lot of people can can go up against Homer and Bart Simpson. True. Uh, The other thing that blew my mind with this was that in the 87 series, that was the only series where they all called themselves by their full names. There was no Mikey or Leo or Raph. Mm. It was always Raphael or Donatello or, you know, you heard the full names, never shortening it in that series. You know, the movies, you did hear it. The, you know, the, the 2012 series, the 2003 series, you heard it. Not this one. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's basically... There is one other thing that I have to mention is that with regards to uh, the comics, because we kind of touched on this, in the Mirage mm-hmm. comics, they all wore red bandanas, not just yeah. Raphael. Yeah. And then for this see, thing, see, that's the thing with me, because I came with the cartoon series and I didn't come from the, the comics. I was used to the multicolor. Yeah. And my first reaction when I started reading the IDW comics was like, because in, in the beginning of the of the of the IDW series right now, in the very in the very first issue, they're all wearing red bandanas again, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. But then, as I continued reading, and as my buddy Joe, who does the IDW uh, reviews for me, uh, with, with me on the pull bag, uh, he's like, just wait, it's gonna pay off. Just wait, it's gonna be okay because they don't stay wearing 
the red. There's a reason why they're wearing the red bandanas in in the IDW uh, continuity, and it made a hell of a lot of sense. And I absolutely, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the Mirage comics are great. I'm sure the Archie comics are great. I'm not putting those down, but the IDW comic series that's going on right now, the ongoing is a love letter to every incarnation of the continuity that has ever been. They throw in so many damn different amazing things to homage all this other stuff without actually making it feel like they're homaging anything. It's absolutely amazing. It really, really is. Sounds like I'm going to have to invest in IDW. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, you are. Considering that the studios are in San Diego, I know right where they're at in La Jolla. <laughs> I could probably drive there and go, um, yeah, guys, I need some comics, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I love this. Love how the series has progressed. I mean, you know, going from the fact that uh, Krang has... You still see Krang as a disembodied brain, but it's a whole bunch of disembodied brains in the new series versus just one. Uh, Have you seen the season one finale? No. Ah, you need to see the season one finale because it's going to blow your mind who the voice of Krang, the, the, the head Krang is. <laughs> I, I've heard rumors, and I'm not. I, I, I don't want to say anything. It, it works. It really. I'm telling you. It it works. It does. It works. <laughs> well, the the thing for the regular Krang that blows my mind is that you have Nathan Drake from Uncharted series being the voice of the Krang. Nathan. Uh, oh, Thor. you mean the yeah 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 Nolan North is. Krang, we must go to the other Krang right now, Krang, or we must stop the the creatures who are called the Turtles, Krang. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely amazing. I I love that. I I, I love Nolan North. <laughs> He's awesome. He is so awesome. So. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much wrapped up everything for the animation Turtles here. Yeah. Uh, we'll we will have to come back and touch on this here probably in a couple weeks again to pick up on the rest of the series, because I have a confession to make. I still have not seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> so I will have to sit down. I know it's on Netflix. I'm going to have to sit down and watch it. It's I know it involves time travel, and that's about all that I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to get into that, and we'll definitely have to cover that. We'll have to make sure yeah. we cover the cartoons and, of course, the Playmates toys. Yeah. The video games. This was the cartoons. Oh, uh, yes, I'm sorry. The video games. <laughs> you know, you got Turtles in Time. You've got the original the, NES one. Yeah, the original arcade game. Yeah. Oh, love that stuff. <laughs> yep. So, all right, we'll go ahead and we'll end this out here. Uh, Mike, I'm going to hope that you fit in the original and the new theme songs because, really, we need to have those in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't worry. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. I do want to thank you. Uh, please go to our webpage. Uh, again, this being the one-year anniversary, I do want to thank everybody for listening for this year. Uh, we are still giving away the Batman action figure. I am now at, as of today, 63 likes on Facebook. So we're getting really close. We've only got 37 more to go. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Go to our Facebook page and like us there. 
Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That'll help us too. Uh, you know, I may I may start doing what I heard on uh, Two Dudes and an NES. Uh, they are starting to give away things like free games and free things for people who give five star reviews. Now that I'm not going to say go out and give me a five star review to get something because that doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I will do drawings. <laughs> I will, yes. do, I will do drawings from everything to give something away. So you may be a recipient, you may not. But if you like us, please go give us a five-star review. If you think that we suck and we need work, please give us a <laughs> one-star review and tell us why. I'm open to it. <laughs> okay? It just tells me that somebody's listening. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, Mike, I know that you've got some stuff coming up here for uh, GCRN. If you want to take it away, we've we've got so much coming up. the uh, The glass is going to be shattered, ladies and gentlemen. We are um, we, we are working on a whole new website, and it will launch June June first, twenty fourteen. Um, it is going to be absolutely amazing to see this new it's completely new design if you go to our site now geekcastradio.com and see all that we have to offer there now just imagine that flipped on its head because it's going to be so different so new so amazing and everyone's going to love it guarantee it everybody's going to love it see and i like your page currently so i'm wondering what you got in store (laughs) oh dude it is so different um so so different um but uh but yeah that, that that's what's going on there um the pull bag we just wrapped up 75 years of batman episodes um, I will tell people, if you like video games and you like cartoons, check out Pixels in the Animation. My buddy Neil and I are reviewing every single episode of nine different video game cartoons. Super Mario Bros. Super Show, Legend of Zelda, Captain N, Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3, the two Sonic cartoons, the dark one and the comedy one. Uh, Mega Man, the 94 or 5 series with uh, Ian James Corlett as Mega Man. Um, Donkey Kong Country. Uh, Super Mario World, um, whole bunch of stuff uh, going on with that show. Uh, check out uh, Movie Week in Review. We've got the weekly crew running down your weekly stuff and talking about all kinds of different discussions with Optimus Solo and and his team. I'm doing more of classic films again on MWire with the regular MWire episodes. Um, Tooncast Beyond will be coming back this summer where we will be having a golden age of animation spotlight uh, called Animation Direction. And then we we will also be coming back with uh, something this holiday season as well. Um, So, yeah, it's uh, going to be very interesting this year uh, for for Tooncast Beyond. Um, So, yeah, we've got got a whole bunch of... uh, uh, I've got an interview coming up with Bobby Kernow, who is a senior editor at IDW Publishing, uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of turtle stuff with the IDW comics and other stuff as well, and yeah, there, there's so much stuff coming up this year. There really, really is. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I know that I've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, I know in, jeez, two months, two months, Comic Con will be over. <laughs> <laughs> and once that goes over, I will have stuff to give away. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to bring back stuff. It'll probably be all sorts of various freebies that I got there. 
Maybe something mm. I'll pick up to buy. I don't know, just to give away. Just for the hell of it. So look forward for it, guys. Uh, we'll go ahead and close this out now here. Thank you all for listening. How am I supposed to fight advanced alien technology with a stupid stick? What's going on, Donnie? It's a Crank Sweet 16 birthday party. How am I supposed to know? 